You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, it's Emily. Just a reminder to go to the Gastro Blues, a Sixers podcast, YouTube, like and subscribe and see what we're doing over there. This, nope. God damn. You need to get back in the zone. You start every episode. Just Steve, how are you watching us podcasting? Isn't it Hollywood's biggest night tonight, by the way? It is Hollywood's biggest night. I Where was, are you? Why are you he doesn't vote for this one. He votes for the saggy one. I vote for the sag, and it was not nominated this year for an Oscar. So Damn. I would have voted for you. This Next club, year. So. Next I watched year. your movie this year. This I did too. And did you think I was going to get nominated? I thought you were fantastic. You were just the biggest dick. I was proud Best of you. supporting. Yeah. You were so to somebody else. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's very political. I think that if it wasn't so political, I probably would have been out. Anyway, let's not get me upset. Um, how do I start it? Hey. I haven't done you say time. welcome to the gastroenteritis blue. That's it. I'm Steve Lipman here with Dan. We get back like that, you know? Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. I am joined, I'm back, round of applause. Uh, joined, as always, by Emily Cannell and the person who replaced me in the host chair, Dan Volpone. Dan, how did it feel uh, filling in my shoes as the, uh, the guy who had to talk and, and shuffle along each, each uh, topic? What was it like for you, pal? Very stressful. I don't want to do it again. I'm glad you're back. <laughs> Was there much conversation uh, as to who was going to do it between you and Emily? No, there was literally none. I just kind of did it because the last few times, you know how sometimes you just like get disconnected? I usually just take over then. So I just figured Mm -hmm. I would do it when you weren't here. Yeah, I made that one. Yeah, all the the pregame work. And that was very helpful. Which we didn't discuss that either. We no, just I was, separately. I, was glad you did. I didn't know together. anyone even did it until like I like five minutes before the podcast. So it was a good thing someone did. I was gonna be scrambling. Yeah. We were well, a great team. Yeah. The pod was great, except for the part where Dan was <laughs> insulting me for uh for uh oh Drew Drew's weighing in uh in the chat here, uh saying that he did uh do the title and description that you all read. Um, so, uh, it was really a team effort. It takes a village when I take a week mm-hmm. off. So, I thought he was uh, saying that, that you forgot to say the title and give us a good description when we started the podcast, but this makes <laughs> no. more sense because no. I remembered you saying, no, no, no. Uh, it really, uh, everybody really chipped in, um, as I took a week off. 
And um, anyway, the Sixers, Emily, nice to see you. How was bowling today? How'd you do? Uh, not so great. Mm. Not like last week. Last week was top-notch bowling. Today, not so much. Okay. Well, we'll get them next time. How long is the season? It feels like you've been bowling for 10 years. I mean, this is season number two. So I, but there was a point where I started to get hot and then the Sixers also started to get hot. And I thought that there was a correlation between my bowling and the Sixers. So it might, I might be responsible for the loss tonight. And for that, I'm sorry. Well, playoffs like, are coming up. I like to we take responsibility. Around. My team is in first though. So that's good. Potentially. That's pretty good. That's helpful. The Sixers, we should start with tonight. So uh, we're recording this on Sunday night. Uh, the Sixers tonight lost to Phoenix. Um, Phoenix is really good. They are just an incredible team. They're um, best team in the NBA, uh, certainly best team in the West. And they lost. Uh, they made it really close. They went on an 8-0 run down the stretch here, but um, they just couldn't really catch up with Phoenix after they built a big lead in the first quarter. And then after that, they really couldn't keep up with Phoenix. Joel seemed to roll his ankle at some point and then uh, came back in the game. Harden had a bad game offensively and, and, and they just can't really deal with it. Like they can't, if he's not going to score well, they're going to have a hard time beating elite teams. And they, so, you know, sort of just plainly, they need him to play better. So, um, in the playoffs, they'll need him to play better. He's, he's still passing the ball great. He's, I do think he's playing better defense than I expected him to. But, like, the reason they got him was for him to score, like, 25 points a game minimum. So he needs to score better. And he didn't tonight. And he's not really <laughs> jumping out there. And, Dan, I think you tweeted about that. And, um, so, uh, you know, he's, he played really well the other night against the Clippers, and he looked really good. And, and you know, so it's – been sort of up and down um I don't find myself overly worried about him in like a huge way um partially just because I feel like it's going to be what it's going to be and like just hopefully he is healthy when he needs to be healthy um but I wish there were fewer games like this certainly but um Joel looked great Maxi didn't have a great game but really turned it on at a certain point um but Phoenix is really good, and they just can't really not have all their top guys playing well and, and, and still beat Phoenix in Phoenix. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my takeaway from it. Emily, did you have anything other than that for this game? No, not particularly. I kind of watched it on and off as I was bowling, but um, that all sounds right. Joel just continues to be consistently extremely impressive. Um, night in and night out so I just would like to commend him from that for that I know it means a lot coming from me for him so Dan any other thoughts on uh, this game um my only thought is like after a game like this there's a lot of like oh well like it's the Suns it's okay like you know it was the end of a road trip it was the Suns and like it's a fine loss and like I don't know like, obviously, they're not going to win out. And, like, that's fine. I don't expect them to win every game. But I'm kind of over the, like, oh, like, it's okay to lose this one kind of thing. Like, 
because all the reasons given are like reasons you're gonna have to deal with in the playoffs like really good team like you know end of a very tough part of the schedule like you know on the west coast i mean all west coast would be if you made a finals run but all of these things are like the kind of thing you say when it's like january or the kind of thing you say when you're like the cavaliers or something like i don't know they had a 15 point lead against a very good team and they blew it in two minutes and it was bad like I, I don't feel the need to, like, sugarcoat this loss. It was not a good loss. I, I I don't know. Like, the Suns are very good for sure, and they're probably the best team in the league right now. But, like, the Sixers have title aspirations, and I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me to, like, shrug this off. It's a game they should have won. And a big reason they lost was Harden didn't give them anything. So he made two shots. Like, they can't have that. Can't have that. I, I, I don't know. I – they need more from him, and I'm really hoping we have some kind of like Jimmy Butler and his one season as a Sixer flip the switch when the playoffs come, kind of thing. Because the passivity has not been helpful. Yeah, the the it's definitely some your turn, my turn stuff that they're figuring out with him, and um, I, I don't know what the best way is because I because part of it is like I have enjoyed him. I think the chemistry with Joel is great. I think the he he's, he definitely, if anything, has too much of a uh, deferential way about him with Maxi and like seeding to you know finding spots for other guys. But like when it comes down to it, he needs to put the ball in the basket and like find a way to do that. Um, and they need him to score, you know, because teams are going to key in now. They throw doubles at him all the time, even when he's not scoring well. So, like, they're going to force the ball out of his hands. And, and like, when that happens, I don't blame him. Like, if he's not scoring in those situations, I don't blame him. But um, he's not scoring around the rim a lot, which is the, the more concerning thing. So, um, and the, the grifting and the flailing, and the, th- that's when it gets frustrating for me. And he's not going to his floater at all. And, like... So there are ways that he could help himself that I haven't seen him doing lately. Um, he doesn't so look. He doesn't look good at the rim at all, and and I've seen him look good at the rim even this season. And I know that there have been complaints about him all year, and the Nets fans complain about him. But even we saw his first few games as a Sixer, like there was a lot less flailing. There was more like drawing fouls because they can't guard you, and like just going to the rim and finishing like he can, like just jump for your layup like things we see from good guards like Maxie's been finishing well and like I, I don't understand what has gotten into Harden but he's not even jumping at the bat and I, I don't there was there were a couple where he was clearly fouled and it wasn't called tonight where it wasn't even like a grifting thing it was like well his arms got hit in like eight directions and you know those aren't on him and that that made the overall thing look worse but it, he needs to leave his feet I mean, that will happen too, though. Like, you know, he's not going to get calls all the time too in the playoffs and, and same with Joel. So um, he's going to have to score without getting calls too. So um, I, I'm, I'm probably a somewhat less concerned. I, I think that they're managing the hamstring a little bit too. And I, I just think that there's a pretty big difference 
between like a late March game and an actual playoff game. And I think they all know that. And I think they all like know when it's go time. And like, even though I think they all probably will want the one seed and, and, you know, we'll talk about seeding here coming up. Like, you know, I, I think that they're managing how hard they're going for this right now. And, and um, he especially dealing with some level of hamstring tightness or whatever he's dealing with. Like, you know, I think that he knows what the goal is in mind. It doesn't make it easier, especially as a fan, to watch him struggle through some games here. But I'm, I'm going to panic, I think, when it's time to panic, especially when he has a night like he had two nights ago where he looks like himself and what we need him to be. So, yeah. Um, outside of this, um, you know, to go back to the beginning of the week, they had the game against Miami where Miami's fully healthy and Tyrese Maxey and Shake Milton and Korkmaz, they beat a fully healthy Miami team. It was, it was an absolute blast. It was the best. And my, and Maxie is just incredible. Um, Emily, did you enjoy that? Was that uh, up there with your favorite wins of the year? I did enjoy it. I was just sitting on my couch cheer. I didn't go. Um, so I was sitting on my couch, just cheering for everything Tyrese Maxie did. He, He's had a couple of these games, though. It kind of, like, goes off on Twitter, like, this kid is a star, like, blah. But, like, he's definitely had games like this already this season that maybe other people weren't as aware of, but we were definitely aware of. So it just seemed like another one of those Tyrese Maxi games in which he is aggressive, isn't afraid to shoot the ball, his shots go in, he does it all, and he just, like, brings so much energy to the team. And I think... I just, I love him. He's great. And Joel loves him, which makes it even better. Oh my God. So Maxi hits like two gigantic threes down the stretch and Embiid on the bench is just losing his fucking shit. He's just the, screaming uh... at him. Like, I don't even think he's saying words. He's just like screaming in his face. It's incredible. It's very like reminiscent of like the TJ Joel picture. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. The other game that came to mind was, um, the one against Memphis, um, Maxi beating like John Morant and Memphis. And then I think it was the one that Joel was, he missed with injury and he like ran out from the tunnel and it was great. Um, the, the other, I want to, I want to get both of your thoughts on this game, but the other thing, so Joel and Matt and, uh, Harden didn't play in this game against Miami. And, um, everybody said Bassey was with the team. Mm for this game and everybody went all right here we go DeAndre will play in this game but um finally we'll get some b-ball Paul in there or or we'll get Bassey like finally we'll get to see how one of the young centers looks <laughs> and Doc goes no 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 we we're gonna start Millsap and then we'll play DeAndre so we'll go double old and that's that's what we're gonna do and and it's just remarkable that Doc uh, refuses to to play either of the young guys. So Emily, were you were you surprised that he? I guess not. No. I mean, of course not. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just you know. There has to be something that like they do at practice, like 
that is just so off the wall that Doc is like, I can't put these guys in a game ever. Like maybe I don't even know. Like maybe every time someone sh- scores, they like do a somersault. And he was like, this will be the laughing stock of the league. Like I can't have these guys in the game because there's no explanation why, especially with their b-ball ball is a little more erratic, but Bassey has had some like very strong showings in NBA play in the beginning of the season. So I don't know where it has changed where he is not allowed to touch the basketball floor. I don't no. know what happened. People Paul at least gets in in garbage time. Bassey hasn't been on the court in ages. And I would argue that Bassey <laughs> had more like consistent, normal basketball play because Bebo Paul is just kind of all over the place. He's very fun. I enjoy him, but I feel like Bassey, when he was played, he played that one game and we're like, Oh, like this could be a legitimate backup center. He had like a bunch of blocks. He looked great. No, I don't all just another podcast guest that Emily hates. All of them. <gasps> I wasn't. I wasn't technically on that podcast, so well, you exactly. were on the Sam ones. You hate him too. So exactly. Yeah, you know. On this subject, Doc said, because reporters somehow are asking Doc about why you aren't playing these humans, uh, and instead humans. of playing DeAndre Jordan, who is absolutely horrible. I mean, he is. I, I have to take the loss on this one because I was like, he's enormous. He'll be fine. Like, he's not fine. He's terrible. He's ridiculously terrible. So Doc goes, we give a lot of talk to rotations around here. I guess it's a Philly thing. I don't know. But I always laugh at it. If we set a rotation and then somebody plays poorly, should we not play someone else off the bench or should we stick to it? So we've got a lot of guys and clearly... The one thing I will give you is we definitely want to, it's not the rotation to me. It's more figuring out a way to play with one guy on the floor, meaning James and Joel. It's not a Philly thing. Like Philly cares. And the rotation is just the guys who are playing on the court. It's outside of the center. It doesn't even make sense because after the Miami game and such, like I was like, Oh, like Furkan's back a little bit. Haven't really seen him since after he was like, (laughs) winning the game for us in Miami like no no let's not put him back in like I don't understand it like he's getting hot let's not play him no he's gone Dan your thoughts on uh the Miami game the maxi and the uh the uh backup center conversation 3000 uh on the podcast no I mean it's basically indefensible at this point to be playing these awful players um I I, they're bad. They're just bad. And like, maybe B-Ball Paul and Charles Bassey will come in and be bad too. But A, it's worth trying. And B, there's just clearly value in like, in like youthful energy on the basketball court. Like, at least you get something where like, they do something weird, or they do something dumb, or they, you know, make a, a, a play and run the floor or you know, just because no one expects a lot from them or they haven't played a lot, they get really excited when they do something small and like everyone gets excited for them because they've been here more than, you know, a month and they've been putting the work in and they finally get their shot. Like there's just value to letting the young guys go out there and play, especially in a, in a position where you're already getting nothing anyway. Like there's there's value in that. There's there's value in, in that energy that like the energy B-ball Pearl brings, like there's value in that on the floor regardless of, if he's a better player than Paul Millsap or DeAndre Jordan, which he is, but I, I, I can't stand it. 
it's and it's it's frustrating because it really shouldn't matter like it's not just you know it's like for a while I've been like the backup center thing is is over discussed like you know Andre Drummond was I thought like fantastic I thought Dwight Howard was fine I think Dwight Howard has been like pretty much fine for the Lakers like he's not the problem with the Lakers I thought he was fine here he killed Joel the other night um like I think he's he was fine besides I mean I know he drove people crazy I get why I thought he was fine like I don't think that position is all that important but like that's like assuming that you're getting something from it like you're getting nothing from anyone that Doc is playing give someone else a shot I he can't rebound well, Andre no. can't rebound. He can't. He can't move. He can't. No, what? I don't. I don't finish. get the. I don't get the point of, and it's not just the like the Lakers were basically built on like let's get as many guys who were good five years ago as we can and see what they can do. Like that's not a winning strategy. That is like abundantly clear. And they're not the Lakers aren't even the first team to try it. But like you always see teams do this where it's like this guy was good five years ago and then they they haven't been good in in you know the last they haven't even been kind of good in three years and that's what the Sixers are assembling as their you know center rotation here and everyone's going to blame Doc because these are Doc's guys but like and I blame Doc for playing them but it's just frustrating like Daryl was pulling all these guys out of nowhere in Houston and that's nowhere to be found at this point there's no creativity with Daryl when it comes to you know filling out the end of this roster it's literally just been let's get some former all-stars who are absolutely horrible at basketball at this point in their careers. And it's just such an uncreative, you know, tried and failed million times team building strategy. And I, I just expected more from the guy we're going to pay $12 million than to play LeBron version of GM and just like get some random guys who used to be good a long time ago. It's, it's honestly upsetting and, it's not just at the center position. It's like, you know, I, I think that, you know, the Nyang and, and Drummond signings were great, but like, I don't know. There was also, you know, there were, you know, there was an hour and a half after the Harden trade where, you know, something could have been done to try to, you know, improve the roster at the deadline. And there's just been not a lot to, you know, get creative, to get a guy who, you know, might be undervalued, who might work. There's just, hasn't even been tried. Like I like it's not even like a try and fail. Like all of Daryl's acquisitions have been 30-something year olds, which was not how it was in Houston. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he needs an offseason now that Harden's here and Joel's already here. But it's so far it's been pretty frustrating. So speaking of frustrating, the mayor of New York, um, Eric Adams, has caved my guy has caved and uh created basically an exemption that uh allows athletes and performers who are unvaccinated to play uh in new york um uh i can read the thing here um he's uh Kyrie Irving will be cleared for home games. He played tonight uh, in home here. Uh, uh, 
He changes the private sector vaccine mandate to allow an exemption for athletes and entertainers and entertainers in the workplace. Um, unvaccinated Yankees and Mets players are now also eligible for home games. So it appears that that is the big thing that uh, changed it, that the pressure from the New York baseball teams is like what really uh, what really did this in is that uh, those two teams are coming back. And if this was to stay the same here, um, none of those guys would be allowed to play either. Now, the workers in these stadiums will still be fired <laughs> if they are unvaccinated. So there is like, in pretty much every city, you can be unvaccinated and play at this point, like they have waived these mandates. So that's kind of fine. Like like the numbers COVID wise are such that it's like these are no longer mandated and, and players are allowed to be unvaccinated and play. So it, it's like, that's okay. But to me, it seems like hypocrisy that the workers in these stadiums are still not allowed, but then he caves on this thing for athletes. So it seems shitty to me that he did this now after talking such a big game for all these months and now Kyrie's allowed to play, but what can you do? So that's where we're at. Kyrie's back and, and uh, that's where we're at. So any comment on the, what's going on with Kyrie and, you know, Kyrie's back, Dan? Uh, I mean, we've discussed this. I think it's it's awful that he's basically you know, he basically won out in this situation. He's going to get his way after all of this. Um, all the Nets fans rooting for this are basically pathetic in my mind. And um, I don't know. It's bigger than basketball. It's It sucks. Um, but whatever. Um, he's actually, you know, he's been playing great basketball for the most part. But not tonight. He was actually dreadful tonight. In his first home game in Brooklyn, he was... Six of 22 from the floor. They lost by nine to the Hornets. So uh, hopefully that keeps up because uh, uh, I don't know. He just he doesn't deserve to, you know, have this season be a win for him. This is, yeah. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Whatever. We've talked about it. It's so dumb. Yeah. Um, it's, you know. And like, you know, the, the lesson being for him that, you know, he just waits around long enough and gets his way, it's fairly shitty. Um, but, you know, what do you do? Uh, Emily, any comment on uh, where, where this ended up? Eric Adams said he's going to make tough choices and that generals lead from the front. And uh, uh, when arguing that a mass and that a vaccine mandate will just end for athletes and entertainers, tough choices take a tough choice, take a tough person to make them, and we're not doing it because there are pressures to do it. Um, yeah, Emily, any uh, any thoughts on that? Um, like you said, I just think it's shitty. I'm not sure what makes Kyrie more important or special than the people that are working in the stadium or working anywhere else. I, I mean, agree with the mandates. I think everyone should be vaccinated, but if you're going to make them 
I don't see why Kyrie is on a pedestal and doesn't have to follow them or any other athletes or entertainers. I think it's stupid. So yeah, that's what I think. So Steve, are you exempt? Am I exempt? I am exempt. And actually they, I, um, Eric Adams came to my apartment and took the vaccine out of me. Um, it's a service that they provide here in New York. So um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. As a New York entertainer, they, they, they now res- remove the vaccine from you. You're not um, even allowed to have it. No, like, you're not allowed. allowed to. Good. You, no. No. <laughs> you're not allowed to have No, yeah. I, they take away my performer card. Now. Um, performers, athletes like me and Kyrie. I'm actually both because I'm very good at basketball. So um, elsewhere in the East, before we talk about seeding, the Heat are imploding. <laughs> the Heat are finally healthy. And they lost to the Sixers without Harden or Embiid. Then they lost to the Warriors without Steph, Clay, or Draymond. And during that game, Jimmy Butler said some wild shit to Spolstra. And Udonis Haslam tried to fight him. He, he tried to fight <laughs> Spolstra, and they had a giant kerfuffle there. So, like a Will Smith-Chris Rock situation over at the Heat, Will apparently. Smith, Chris Rock, listen, colleagues of mine we're all in the same union. So I'm trying to lay low right now. So I'm trying, I don't exactly know what's going on here. Emily's sending DMs while I'm talking about basketball. I don't, it's wild. I don't know if that's a stunt or not. I don't think it is. It doesn't seem it. He was dropping F-bombs and such and those get bleeped out. Do we think he actually walked up there and punched him? Did you watch the video? I did watch the video, but Chris Rock barely moved. He's got an iron jaw, if so. Well, apparently the crowd was silent and Will was very angry. Those were the vibes from the theater. The theater. But no security jumped out. It's Will Smith. What are you going to do? He's going to get, he's going to win an Oscar tonight. He's also going to win an Oscar tonight, like 100%. Yes. So, I can't I wait know. for that speech. Back to the heat. <laughs> All right. Back to, okay, we got to, I have to call Will now because we're both in Philadelphia, both actors. All right um dan wouldn't understand he's not an actor well, like us in new york <laughs> you were both from philadelphia god damn you're such a non-actor like us Emily. why um, am i an actor um okay <laughs> where was i um all right where do you want the sixers to end up seating wise um i'll start with uh emily um, I, hold on. I was doing some, I did some exact, I think I would like them to end up two. Tell me why. Well, if, if this, if this seating stays where it is right now, yes. So then Cleveland and Charlotte and Brooklyn and Atlanta will play. Right. And then I imagine Brooklyn will win against Atlanta and I don't really care who wins the other one. And then Brooklyn will win that middle game, which will get them into the playoffs. And then the Sixers will play whoever is victorious of will play that other team. One of Cleveland or Charlotte, so correct? If Brooklyn wins their playing game, then they're in the two seven matchup. But no, I don't think so. Cause isn't it seven, eight and nine and 10. And then whoever wins seven, eight is in. And then whoever wins nine and 10 has to play oh, the winner Brooklyn's of the other nine. one. Yeah, which is where yes. they are right now. So I, I want because really though no matter what, well, like five for the they're tied with Charlotte at eight and nine, and Charlotte has the tiebreaker. 
Yeah. Um, so that could really go either way. But um, it would be interesting if Brooklyn did stay in the nine because the Hawks are not like a, a pushover team. Like the Hawks beat the Sixers in the playoffs and are basically running it back. And Collins like, is out for the year, right? Yes. But, but I mean, Trey Young could really get hot and like mm-hmm. that's. I would obviously pick Brooklyn to win that game, but that's not like a, that's not a guaranteed win. I mean, they just lost to Charlotte tonight. The playing is wild. Well, especially so in that 9-10 game where you have to win two straight and like. Yeah. That's, that's tough. And I mean, where it gets interesting is right now, Cleveland is a game behind Toronto and Toronto has been playing well and Cleveland hasn't, but if, something happens and Cleveland passes Toronto again and Toronto falls back to the seven, even if Brooklyn gets the eight um, or if say, you know, Toronto loses the first playing game and Brooklyn's in the nine. And then either way, we might end up with a situation where Brooklyn has to go to Toronto. If Toronto falls into the play-in and Kyrie can't go to Toronto. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Gets really interesting. So, and what about, Personally, what I really don't want them to do is duck Brooklyn intentionally, like rest guys to get out of the Brooklyn matchup. I don't want them to do it intentionally, but I also don't want to see Brooklyn in the first round. Agree with that. So (laughs) two teams that scare me are Brooklyn and Boston. Anyone else I'm fine matching up with. Well, they're certainly not going to match up with Boston in the first round. Like, you know, Boston right now has just moved ahead of the Sixers by half a game for first. Um, that'll come down to the wire. Like, you know, I don't really think that there's anything they can do about it until probably like the last day of the year. Like, win as many games as you can, just stay healthy. Like, I hope they get the first seed. Like, that would be nice, home court, all of that. Like, what happened last year doesn't scare me off of the first seed, you know? Like, what happened last year, I think, was a lot more due to whatever happened to Ben Simmons, you know, than, than the first seed, you know, inherently. Um, but yes, of, co- of course I would rather not play Brooklyn, especially now that um, Kyrie can play everywhere. Um, Dan, is there one particular seed that you like want, given how things are looking, or is it just so volatile up and down the East that you don't know? No, it's too weird. I mean, I want the one seed because I think it'd be great for Joel's MVP case. But if you're talking like strategically, uh, no, there's too much up in the air. I I think the ideal situation is Boston gets the one, and the Sixers get the two or three. So they're on the, I guess like the three, I would say. So they just definitely, can't, if the Sixers got the three, Boston has the one. The Sixers can't face Boston till the conference finals and then Brooklyn would have a shot they could get the seven but if they stay in the ninth seed they can't get the seven so then they could end up in the eight you get a Brooklyn Boston first round and whoever wins that first of all one of them's out and whoever wins you don't even have to play until the conference finals and I think that's the most ideal is that you can avoid first of all you definitely don't have to play both and that the one you would play, you wouldn't even theoretically face him until the conference finals. So you let someone else wear him down. You let someone else have a shot to beat him. Um, who knows? Like injuries happen as you get further into the playoffs. Obviously, you don't root for that, but it's the kind of thing you want to, you know, 
be in a position to capitalize on. Like the Raptors got a title based on the, the Warriors getting hurt. It's still a, 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 the title is a title. I wish the Sixers were there to take advantage of that kind of thing if it had to happen. So um, I think that's most ideal, but I, everything is too weird right now. I don't see how you can just like purposely play yourself into a certain seed because you know, I think you just try to win at this point. I mean, you need more than anything, the Sixers need time to try to gel and figure things out together. So for sure. And like if they win a bunch of games that are in the one seed or two seed or whatever, it means that things are going well and that like Harden and Embiid and Maxi are winning games together and, and that would be a good situation. But boy, that would be some fucking first round if they're matching up with Ben Simmons has a herniated disc in his back. So I don't think he's playing this year, folks. Like, uh, you know, along with whatever else. Um, I certainly have no idea how, how we could play basketball with a herniated disc in his back. Um, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. All right. Um, we are going to break when we come back. Uh, we're going to try to figure out what's going on with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk about all NBA the MVP race and uh, anything else going on in uh, basketball. And uh, we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. All right. Um, as for all NBA, uh, this year, once again, the uh, NBA has befitted all NBA voters with the opportunity to um, vote for both Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid uh, as centers and forwards. Um, personally, I don't give a fuck as long as Joel Embiid is on the first team and is the MVP. Put Nikola Jokic wherever you want. Put him on the third team. I don't give a shit. I don't root for that guy. I don't care. I don't have a vote. Put him off the whole team. I don't care. Um, I do think he should be on the first team. So you should vote him as a forward, you know. But again, last year they put Embiid on the second team because you must, absolutely must vote for him in the position that he's in. Um, you'll know that these are not real teams. They don't actually play each other. So um, it doesn't really matter what position they play. So it doesn't matter. They don't, they don't meet up and play each other eventually. Um, there's That'd no reason, <laughs> right. There's no reason that it shouldn't just be the, the 15 best guys, you know, in descending order and five best guys and then the five best guys and the five best guys. Um, 
Dan, I know that you have a thing about how last year they had this opportunity and they didn't give it to Joel. And now you think this year, because the better season is Joel's, he's going to get the center spot, but you think they're going to give this forward spot to Jokic instead of giving it to Joel last year. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I like whatever. It's better to get it right later than never, but I don't think it's a coincidence that all of the, and I mean everyone, everyone who thought that, who had a lot to say last year about how, oh, they're both centers, you can't do that. Now that it's Jokic, and I'm not going to speculate on why, but they all love Jokic, and now that it would screw him, this is a big, this has to be addressed. This is fine when it was Joel. This can't happen again. This has to, this, now I see the error in my ways. Zach Lowe and all the other people who everyone obsesses over for some reason, even though, whatever. It's because no one talks about him and they want to help his feelings and they got to give him first team all NBA because no one talks about him. He's just under the radar. It's just like, I, I, I couldn't tell you why all of these NBA people love Jokic besides the fact he's a very good player. Like, I don't mean like, I understand why people like his game and stuff like that, but why we're all now in a rush to, you know, address this now that it would screw him. You know, it's a bit ridiculous to me and very unsurprising. Very, I am not in the least bit surprised that because it's now Nikola Jokic who this would interfere with, we now need to address this. And now we need to figure out who we're going to vote it forward and we're all going to be very open and talk about it. And we're all going to say how we were wrong last year because we have to help Jokic. I, it's not... It's not a coincidence and it's not a surprise and no one will admit to it, but it's just, it's just clearly true. Yeah. Um, Emily, any thoughts here on the all NBA thing? Not particularly. It's, I don't care. And as for the MVP thing, this, I don't know if this is like Philadelphia colored glasses things, but, and I'm knocking wood, but like, it seems like it's Joel's here, right? Like it, it seems like, given the way the Sixers have played and they're half game out of first, like right now they're, I think they're technically in fourth, like they have the easiest schedule of the, you know, top contenders here throughout the rest of the year. Um, and given the narrative around, you know, him, Giannis and, and Jokic, and he hasn't won it yet and all the Ben shit that he had to, you know, keep the team up for, um, it seems like it's really his to win. And I know that I think, you know, you guys would know this better than me, but the odds, I think, say that too. It seems like it's really his to win at this point, um, which is great. I think he deserves it statistically and otherwise. Um, is that your read on it as well, Emily? Like, obviously, it's, this is what we want, but, but it also seems like this is the way it's going. Yeah, I felt recently in the media, there's, been less of the like whose award like Embiid versus Jokic or Embiid versus Giannis like they've all kind of cooled down and I think it has just kind of like settled on Embiid he is the odds on favorite and like the sports book he is like like minus 150 and everyone else like plus 200 so he's definitely the favorite um it just kind of feels like it's his at this point I don't really know 
what he could do to or someone else could do to leapfrog him um i don't want anyone to leapfrog him i want him to get win this award he deserves it um but yeah that would make me really happy dan is this the feeling that you get uh as well yeah he seems to be the favorite i mean I honestly think that there was a window for Jokic to pass him the last couple of weeks. And Jokic has just been really bad the last couple of weeks for his standards. I mean, he's been a minus almost every game they've played the last couple of weeks. And um, I, I, I think that, you know, there's a week left and not a week left, but there's like seven or eight games left, which in my head was a week, but I realized that'll play out over a couple of weeks because um, they don't play every night, but there's, you know, time left and if Embiid stinks or if Embiid gets hurt and can't play and Jokic plays great then no I don't think Embiid has it locked up or anything and I you know even then who knows maybe Embiid has a good last week and the voters are just going to be annoying but um, if I had to guess I would you know I would guess and and the odds reflect that right now Embiid should should be the favorite if, if it ended today we would expect Embiid to win the award so um you know, we'll see. It'd be really, really cool if he did. Um, I was too young to remember Iverson winning. So um, for me, it would basically be the first, um, you know, sixer to win MVP that I can, you know, remember at all. So it'd be, it'd be really cool. And we love Joel. So it'd be very exciting. And the, I think the only other um, real sixer in, in um, awards consideration would be Maxi for most improved. I don't, think that he would win it you know there's a possibility he could be in there for like top three here because he he hits real statistical jumps you know i think he's up nine points and stuff like that um but um you know do you guys think that he should really be in the thick of it i think like john moran and um uh, i'm not exactly sure desmond bain you know there are guys that are really up there for that but do you think maxi has a real case for for this i know that they tend to not give it to second year guys but do you think he's got a real case dan for most improved yeah no 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 nor should he um no no not at all um i can i can read you the odds real quick um no i mean like i i don't mean that he's gonna win it but do you think that he should be in in like consideration for it uh no i don't first of all i don't i don't think he should win if you look at uh he's sixth in the odds for most improved um he's plus 5500 john moran is minus 800 um if you look at the players in between i mean and and the thing is i'm not big on like second and third year guys winning the award like moran's in his third years max is in his second but they are eligible they do tend to win and so um if we're going to allow that then like John Moran is more deserving. Darius Garland is more deserving. DeJounte Murray is definitely more deserving and more traditionally, in my view, like someone who should win the award. We're talking guys who made, you know, their first all-star teams this year. You know, that wasn't Max. Maxi wasn't even close to being an all-star this year. Um, Miles Bridges was a borderline all-star. Desmond Bain has been great this year. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think I'm fine with, I would put, be fine putting Maxi ahead of Bain. Um, they're kind of like the same, but you know, those other guys are, um, are deserving to be, to be ahead. And I think, um, I mean, even like Tyler Hero is, is way behind Maxi in the odds, 
And I think part of that is that he's going to win sixth man. And so he's not going to win another award, but like, he's a guy who kind of in that same sense, like stunk last year and then has been great this year. And part of it is that he was good and then fell off last year. Right. And so people are less inclined to be like, making really more shots as opposed year. to he just got back yeah. to where he was right. but um no i don't know I, I he might finish in the top five or like be sixth or something but no i don't think he has a real case for it and i he won't he won't be close and and he should in my view emily yeah i agree with dan i think it's kind of like good that he's even in the top six like i feel like that's a good showing for him he made a really big jump and I also think that a lot of those guys that are ahead of him play like a much bigger role on their teams than Maxi plays I mean not that he doesn't play a big role but like Jaw is the Joel of the Grizzlies you know so when he makes a jump it really makes a jump for his whole team or Maxi making the jump doesn't really have that same effect on the Sixers because they have other players with with a bigger like market share of the of the weight and carrying their team. So, but I think he has had a great year and just because he doesn't win most improved player doesn't mean that it is not extremely exciting to see the jump he made and hope he continues to make those jumps. So, yeah, I got one for you guys. So for speaking of this conversation, you know, John Morant's going to win this award. Um, If you don't know the answer, if you do know the answer, don't answer. If you don't, I want to hear your best guesses. What do you think the Grizzlies record is when John Morant does not play a game this year? I think I know this answer, so I will abstain. All right. I have no idea. Um, I don't even know how many games. Can you give me how many games John Morant hasn't played in? Uh, I believe it's 18. 18. Okay. I'm going to say that they're – it's either like 2 and 16 or like 15 and 3. Well, yes, answer they're they're 16 and two without okay this year, so they're just good all the time unbelievable which is unbelievable which isn't to say he doesn't deserve that award i think he does and he's a great player um i don't think that, that it'd be fair to judge him on that I, there's just probably a little bit fluky although they do have some really good players i like and i don't think that he's you know the only one responsible for their success or anything like that but um i don't think it should be used to act like he's not good when he's a very good player so i just think it's a very funny stat like that's crazy Brainy. Nice. She wants something from her dad. All right. Rainy got startled by something. <laughs> oh, Steve thinks Doc should be coach of the year. He put yes, that. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> or the thumbs up guy behind Doc could also yeah. be in the running. Sorry about that. Oof. That was. Terrifying. We should like put a spoiler, like a alert in the beginning so that people be like at the 45 minute mark. Be aware if you're driving, don't be scared. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's some noise outside that really scared her. She's back asleep. All right. Oh, well, good. I wish I could any, do that. Uh, any March Madness takes from you guys? St. Peter's lost today. I know Philadelphia claimed them. Um, there's always a Villanova's in the Final Four. People fight about Villanova being <laughs> Philadelphia or not. I, I don't care. Um, you're basically from Villanova. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my, my family lives not, not in Villanova, but uh, an outer suburb. Um, anything anything uh, on March Madness? Do you guys have brackets that are active right now? I my do. Sucks, but Mine sucks. I made one. 
I have one team left in the final four. Me too. It's Villanova. So mm, I have Kansas. And I always Villanova pick Kansas, Kansas because Joel went there. Oh. Um, I also had Kentucky in the the like finals because Maxi went there and that really screwed me over. <laughs> so <laughs> and I always pick Villanova to lose in the first round because I hate them. So well, they played Delaware this and year. And they also played Delaware, you this year. Delaware. I did. Delaware could have been St. Pete's. They just weren't. They just weren't good. They, hey, <laughs> they were fine. Jameer Nelson Jr. plays for Delaware. It's fun. That's nice. Yeah. Oh I God. mean, it wasn't an insult. I mean, Pitt didn't even make the tournament. So. And did you know I, that Delaware's head coach is the brother of the creator of Mayor of Easttown? No. That's pretty cool. That. This is pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know what the standings are. Emily, can you please update our standings, please? I can. Coming this... first, right? <laughs> oh. Um, so this week, Dan went two and two. He had the Sixers losing to the Clippers and the Heat and the Suns. Um, so they won two of those games. And Steve went three and one because he thought they were going to lose to the Heat. And I am the only one that has faith in this team. I went four and now because I got all the games right this week. Therefore. The current standings, I have taken the lead at 48 and 27, then Steve at 47 and 28, and then Dan is five games back at 42 and 33. Over 500, though. So. Yeah, well over 500. Yeah, that's pretty good. Right? Yeah, so like four games, games over 500. Dan, you're five games back with like 10 to play. You've really got to make a run. I'm just going to give up. So I, I, I don't want to. Um, all my uh, fans out there who every week are just, you know, on the You're edge. You're going to put in the bench? Pick. I just want them to know I'm throwing the towel. Are you putting DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap in, or are you putting Paul Reed and Charles Bassey? I'm putting Charlie Brown in. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. This week, the Sixers play uh, four games. They play home against Milwaukee at Detroit, and then a back-to-back. Uh, -back. They play in Charlotte. Or no, I'm sorry, home against Charlotte and then at Cleveland. So home against Milwaukee, then at Detroit, home against Charlotte, at Cleveland. Uh, that last two is a back-to-back. -back. So we're going to start off with Dan, who has given up. <laughs> yeah, um, I have given up. And because I've given up, I feel no need to pick against what you guys are going to pick. Um, because I've given up. Uh, I'm going to say they go 4-0, and here's why. Um, none of these You've given up? And I'm in playoff mode, so once I'm in playoff mode, I can't pick against the Sixers to lose to any of these fraudulent teams. Um, the Bucs did just win a title, but they're fraudulent anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just don't see no chance they lose any of these games. Come on. The most losable game on the schedule this week is the Pistons, but I'm going for it now. Excellent. Emily. Um... Um, so I'm going to have them go <laughs> three and one. I think I have them losing to Charlotte. I just think they're going to drop one of these games. 
Um, they seem to have the Cavs number this year. Detroit sucks, and Joel needs to re assert himself as the rightful king of Philadelphia. Therefore, I believe they will beat the Bucks at home. So win, win, loss, win. And I will say, I will say that they are going to drop the Cleveland game, even though they beat Cleveland uh, pretty much all the time. I think they're going to rest everybody in that road back to back at the end there. Uh, I think they're even going to rest Maxi, um, and we'll get double old at center. And uh, so they'll go three and one. Um, and that's what I say. That's it. As you know, you should subscribe to the YouTube. Um, you should follow us at uh, Gastro Blues Pod, uh, Third and Girl, uh, Steve J. Lippman, DA Pelts, 13. Um, hope Chris Rock and Will Smith settle their differences. We have to go and watch to see if Will Smith is about to get an Oscar, see what happens. Um, I won't be watching that, but you let me know. Okay. And you have better things to do. I don't get the um, whole thing that they do. I'm going to go watch you. Texas play. Uh, who are they playing? Stanford? I don't know. I'm going to catch the end of that game when we're done. All right. Well, listen, Wait. we all have our. Yeah, well, Texas and Stanford. Two point game with three minutes left. That's exciting. Will Smith, Smith is tweeting things. This, this is wild. What did he tweet? He's tweeted, Welp. And then he <laughs> tweeted. I'm sorry if you're offended. I don't know. This here, look, Drew's, is it, is it really Drew's his... playing the video. He spelled whelp with an H. That's weird. That's how I he would spell whelp. Him. Why? He slapped him right in the kisser. Listen, uh, especially on a night like tonight, be safe and be great. Oh, this is a uh, fake Will Smith. This well, is a, a ginger haired white man. That's not the one we're talking about. God damn it. False news. False, false news. That was, that was a tough look for the podcast. That was <sighs> for that. Wow. Between, between that and the barking. But is... Stephen A. Smith tagged this Will Smith in a tweet, that so it's was... not just me that was fooled by it. Stephen A. Smith is tweeting some weird stuff right now. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. That's it. We love you. Be safe and be great. Bye. Bye. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today